Welcome back to um, my first official episode of Mimsy's Moment. Um, as I said in the last introduction, it was sort of an introduction episode, um, my first series will be on mental health and each ep- episode will focus on a different topic. And um, so today's episode we're focusing on OCD. Um, I thought it's a good subject to, to start with as it's something that is my day-to-day life um with me today i have two incredible and amazing guests i have uh minnie and um i also have sam so would you like to introduce yourself hi um i'm minnie i am 17 and yeah (laughs) yeah thanks for the introduction i'll try not to let it um go to my head too much um I am Sam and I run the Instagram account OC Dealing With It, where I basically advocate for OCD and mental health in general. And that's uh, where I've kind of come across Mia and Minnie. <laughs> They're amazing. And what I'll do is I will, um, in the description, I will uh, tag their Instagram profiles so you can go and have a look because their posts are amazing and um, have really helped me a lot. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I thought we'd start off by um, talking about the different types of, of OCD. Um, I've had a few questions come in and sort of wanting us to explain a different type. So I, I would start with Minnie because um, her Instagram page, I, I feel, is very good at talking about real event OCD. Um, so Minnie, what, what would you what would you say to someone that doesn't really understand what real event OCD is okay so real event OCD is um the obsessions are based on a past event now this past event has actually happened and it can be any event it can be quite a minor thing that the average person wouldn't think twice about or worry about or it could be a bit more of a major thing um but whatever kind of the the topic is OCD make gives you this extreme amount of guilt that is out of proportion to the event that actually happened and it just keeps on sending you these like alarm bells and these signals that you've done something awful and it just gives you this kind of extended amount of guilt that doesn't relate to what you actually did and then kind of the compulsion side are kind of you're doing them to not have done something wrong to kind of alleviate the guilt um yeah that's that's what I'd go for a little overview of yeah so with the real event would you say that um it sort of tricks you it sort of makes you look at a situation that may be traumatic maybe you know something that has happened that you worry about afterwards would you say it tries to sort of lie and make up different sort of a different narrative to what happened yes definitely um and I think the more I like mentally review the event it just keeps changing it and changing it and that's why like things like real event like can often um kind of turn into false memories um kind of false memory OCD um, that's happened to me a lot um but yeah it adds so much just kind of adds bits and that didn't even happen and then it can kind of take the event and go, okay, because you did this, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And it just really blows it all out of proportion. proportion. Yeah, so, um, and then obviously the feeling of anxiety is there afterwards. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so, yeah, so Sam, I, um, I kind of wanted to talk to you 
or ask you some questions because I on your page you sort of talk a bit about um, contamination OCD and from someone that see I don't have any contamination mm-hmm. OCD um, and I'm you know really interested to find out more and what how would you explain it? What I think is so interesting about OCD actually and so kind of misunderstood and where I found social media really liberating um, is just learning about how wide the variety of symptoms are and how differently two people can experience the same disorder. I mean, um, I can't imagine never have had having had um, contamination issues because it's been my kind of core um, kind of manifestation of my OCD uh, for such a long time. I've also actually I can relate to Mini massively because more recently I've had a lot of problems with real event and false memory and stuff like that as well and harm OCD. Um, but it's such a kind of cunning and um, uh, kind of metamorphosizing illness in that it does take so many different forms. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, the contamination has been the kind of biggest way that it's manifested itself. Um, I've been through multiple themes before. Um, this seems to be the one that have kind of, that's kind of really stuck. Um, and it's, a, I guess it's, you could call it the kind of one that's a bit more um, kind of stereotypical. It's the one that maybe Hollywood and, and films and um, all these kind of slightly inaccurate depictions we see of OCD. Um, they quite often focus on the contamination. So it's quite often the obsessive hand washing or cleaning. And that's, you know, where these these false sort of stereotypes um, come from, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, with me, it's, um, uh, it's this kind of, it, this feeling of, um, having very clear um, feelings that things some things are dirty some things are clean um, but a kind of ridiculously exaggerated fear of what would be so bad if you did get that contaminant on you or you left it on you and you didn't wash your hands um, and um, and I, I find it a really hard one to kind of um, get underneath the core fear behind because um, it sometimes it just feels with OCD like you're just doing something to feel right and to not feel wrong um, rather than chasing a specific kind of oh um, this consequence will happen because of my failure to perform a compulsion Um, so it's um, it's a really kind of kind of deceitful um, illness and it's really um, uh, it's really hard to sometimes you know actually know uh, there seems no kind of rhyme nor reason to it and, uh, no and yeah I, I, think, I think yeah sorry you carry on carry no on. I was just gonna say and I think OC, us OCD sufferers all know that as well that's the that's the thing we're not um you know we are not um sort of insane we we understand how ridiculous the situation is and that's what makes it all the more distressing because we don't want to be doing what we're doing but we're doing it because we feel so deeply compelled to yeah absolutely I think there's there's so many it's like you said it's so complex and um it's a shapeshifter like like you said you know for me like again I'll have a main theme but then again I have so many different um you know types of themes in my head and and like you said it's it's, it's sort of it's hard to explain to someone because as as Hollywood have made it and which is just so frustrating is about you know just being clean and tidy and organized and 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 they also put love you know that people love to be clean and 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 love to you know have things in the right order but that is like the opposite of what the feeling that ocd gives us it's it's the feeling of 
if I don't do this, I will have this massive wave of anxiety and and the intrusive thoughts that we know won't come true. We know deep down that they won't come true, but that doesn't stop the 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 scare the, the I don't know what the word you know the horrific feeling that that will happen if you don't listen to what OCD says. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's why it's such um, such a misunderstood. Um, disorder really because it's so it's it's so hard to convey the sheer terror and the sheer mm. um that you experience if you have ocd i mean mm. it's difficult because everyone has anxiety it's a it's a human emotion so we can all relate to anxiety but i think unless you've had real chronic kind of 12 out of 10 anxiety um as you experience with ocd and various other kind of anxiety disorders um, then it's really hard to convey that, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. Um, on the side of, of compulsions, do you do you have any like sort of physical ones that you would you would be happy to talk about? Uh, yeah, as in sort of uh, relating to the contamination or kind of generally. In general, yeah, whatever, whatever you want to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with me, um, the the massive one is kind of contamination um i think it was very much exacerbated during covid um i suspect a lot of people perhaps who didn't realize they had ocd perhaps have have realized that over this last year um because we've had to all be so much more cautious um with cleanliness hand washing things like that um and you know ocd that's that's red rag to a bull uh, ocd doesn't need much to kind of give it permission to operate so um you know it says all right i see your 20 second hand wash and i raise you um you know two minutes or, or whatever um so for me it's things like hand washing it's it's cleaning the environment i mean so i have a thing where i'm like quite often wiping the door handles and wiping the keys and things that i've taken out of the house like for example to the gym my phone, my headphones, wiping them when I get in, um, yeah, yeah, wiping handles, um, kind of obsessive cleaning around food as well, around the kitchen, um, cleaning after dinner takes, you know, a very long time. Um, so that's a very kind of physical symptom I experience. It's just so exhausting, isn't it? Um... It is, yeah, it is. We were saying at the beginning of this call as well, just how much harder it is um, in the heat. Um, it's been a really hot few days here in the UK and I just find like we, we both agreed it is just like wading through mud it's just kind of your whole body feels heavy when you're trying to do these compulsions mm, absolutely what about you Minnie yeah yeah um I feel like my physical compulsions I used to have more but recently I kind of have more mental but I still do have quite a lot of physical so like tapping things nine times my, my number's like nine so like going in and out of the door nine times um touching that nine times blinking nine times jolt your head that way nine times quite a lot of um nine time things um yeah just kind of every action I'm I'm just doing everything nine times basically yeah yeah um mine's mine is it used to be when I was first diagnosed it was just physical um and that was like eight years ago um and then it kind of went through like mental compulsions and then you know it sort of it took turns and then recently I'd say within the last year my physical OCD has just been a nightmare and um yeah mine's to do with numbers um having to do things in a certain amount of time walking in a certain way 
it's yeah it's so tiring and like we said this heat does nothing for us it's it's yeah uh, <laughs> not great um but yeah um I've got a few questions if you would like to answer them we've got some through yeah either, sure uh, Absolutely, yeah. a, a Q&A on my Instagram um so let me get them up <laughs> right here we go so we've got um I'm not going to say who said it because I don't know if they want to be, um, you know, yeah. I, if it's anonymous. Anyway, so first question is uh, talk about the symptoms of OCD that no one actually talks about. Um, Ooh. So hmm. it's a good one. Who, anybody who would like to um, take that or talk about that? Um, um. I mean, there's so many symptoms that. Um... <laughs> People just don't talk about. Um, I mean, I guess you could look at the very physical symptoms that um, people experience. I mean, um, like with me, for example, I experienced really bad health anxiety about a year ago, health OCD. Um, and it's so convincing that, it, you know, it physically makes you feel the symptoms you're, you're scared of feeling. Um, mm. So for me, I had a real thing about... Um, a problem in, with my brain, a problem um, with like having a stroke or maybe an aneurysm or something going on. Um, and I was convinced I was lightheaded. Um, well, I mean, I was lightheaded. I was feeling these very real feelings. I mean, I, I literally went to A&E. I, I went to numerous doctor's appointments, um, literally had MRIs. Um, so it can make you feel incredibly physical symptoms, um, just like with, with chronic anxiety as well, the kind of sweating um nauseousness dry mouth um shaking you know there's just so many uh, many yeah. have you got any um the first thing that came to my mind is um kind of over apologizing constant apologizing um because i have moral mia you know i don't know how to pronounce the word scrupulosity scrupulosity we can never pronounce that one <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> I have um that one that type um I will kind of I'm gonna look into it and how to pronounce uh it but um that kind of means that I'm constantly thinking I've upset people done something bad so I'll kind of like ask people three times six times nine times how I upset you um I'm really sorry I'm really sorry kind of in those my like safe numbers are asking that many times and um that was just the first thing that came to mind when i yeah i don't know that's if that's really talked about that kind of much like kind of apologizing but i would say that is for me definitely a compulsion and has turned into a compulsion yeah um yeah i i would say i wouldn't say symptoms of ocd i don't know if you would say that but different types that i think nobody or you know it's not really talked about as much is um i have a real massive problem many knows a bit about this but um with responsibility um OCD that I didn't even know was a thing um but it is and it's sort of I feel like if I talk to someone or if I'm even just messaging someone like I feel like if I start to get too you know involved or or I feel like I have that responsibility to if I suddenly have to go or I'm like I can't deal with this it's almost like too much responsibility I it's horrible like I just it makes my anxiety go from zero to 100 and it's really really odd and I don't know if many people uh, feel like that but it's again can you 
yeah totally yeah responsibility is something i've yeah absolutely that i find really hard um to kind of have that extra responsibility on your shoulders for anything yeah. really um yeah. incredibly i'm on with ocd because like i like, again with many i moral scrupulosity i don't know if i'm saying that right <laughs> um, but um that is yeah one of my like main things i the thought of upsetting someone or hurting someone or saying the wrong thing like it and, and also thinking the wrong thing or or thinking that i you know um think a certain way that is not correct you know it, it makes me feel horrendous um mm. but yeah there's so many different subtypes of ocd literally i don't know there must be like a, there needs to be like a whole book yeah <laughs> it's a bit like a dictionary that just explains each one <laughs> i would buy would buy the book would purchase yeah. <laughs> um right uh we have another another question um so the next one is right so this one i was a bit confused about at first tms for ocd and i did search up what tms um meant yeah and it's like um it's almost a bit like a shock therapy but yeah yeah um and they just asked their opinions on it um i didn't really have one but to you guys oh so for my i did um extended project qualification which is this thing um it's like half an a level and you basically write a five thousand word essay on any topic um so i chose ocd and um through that I was looking at treatments and I did come across TMS and um, the uh, kind of remission rates and kind of the um, how it affected people the kind of all the other studies I was looking at were kind of very good results like a lot of people reported significant improvements um, so I guess from those kind of statistics that I came across it looked very looked very promising yeah it seems quite like yeah but then i think again um there's so many films of like these you know they're in a psychiatric ward and then they're like sending you in to scan your brain and and zap you and stuff it just seems really scary but mm. it, obviously if there's like um if it's medical and if it's done properly i don't know it just it does sound very interesting but um yeah i'm not too sure um yeah, good things like um like minnie says i have heard um some positive results um, from the research that's been uh, that's been done. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, we have to have a look at that. Have a research <laughs> on that. Um, I've got another question, um, which this one is something that I completely think it is. Anyway, it says, "Can OCD be genetic?" Yes, I think so. Yes. Yeah, I think um, I, I think the evidence suggests. Like I think the jury's out, but I think the evidence generally leans towards some kind of genetic um, wiring in someone that probably leaves them predisposed to having OCD. Um, now, there's so much argument and um, research into kind of what causes OCD or where OCD is from. And, you know, people saying, is it is it genetic? Is it upbringing? Is it trauma? Um, I think you know it looks like people who are going to have OCD are probably predisposed to it um yes there can sometimes be I think a kind of maybe an event or something in someone's life that can perhaps trigger it. yes yeah 
but also you know if it was if it was a trauma response then well why doesn't everyone with trauma have OCD kind of thing so um mm. it's probably most likely that you're predisposed to it somehow yeah I I I do I think illnesses I think they do run in, run in families um speaking just from my own um my sister's my sister's got OCD my dad's got OCD like that you know it's a very weird coincidence if it's just you know um if you think it's a coincidence I honestly yeah um I think that there, there should be so much more research within yeah I just find it so interesting um mm. but yeah I I do think it's genetic but then again like like you said Sam it's you know I think people can be you know something can happen and then maybe they you know develop it as a as a coping mechanism but they I think it, it has to be in them you know I don't think it's yeah, something maybe. that you can just develop um but you know who knows <laughs> um <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to um ask you both a little bit about your journey I, I'm, I'm curious um for so Sam when have you got diagnosed when did you get diagnosed um, so, I mean, I was diagnosed um, you know, really quite early. Um, I, I think. Yeah, so I noticed symptoms, I think, when I was sort of starting secondary school, I'd say that kind of 11, 12 year old um, period. Um, I had a big thing about like kind of superstitions and magical thinking and um, things like that. And um, I remember the phrase touch wood that people say, um, you know, so as not to jinx things. Um, and I've had a real thing about saying touch wood in my head and then touching, finding some wood to touch multiple times. Um, I remember that was my first kind of vivid compulsion uh, that, that kind of stood out. And at that point, you know, my parents took me to doctors and I was diagnosed and referred to the, um, uh, the, the uh, children and adolescents mental health teams. Um, and and then yeah and i mean i had cbt um various times kind of throughout my teenage years and my 20s um i think the, the trouble is really you've really got to want to change um you've really got to want to get better if you've got ocd and i think actually for for a lot of that period i didn't necessarily see it as a problem because to me it served it kind of served as this as this i kind of refer refer to it as like a comfort blanket so it kind of was serving a purpose or so I thought and it's very cunning at convincing you it's there to keep you safe it's there to be your mm. friend yeah we've all we've all experienced that I'm yeah. sure <laughs> yeah ways <laughs> um yeah so um I kind of had different degrees of success in in combating the OCD it was only really when I got to my late teens and kind of early 20s that I started to make real progress um with CBT and, and my OCD and getting it a bit more under control um, but it's always bubbled there away under the surface. It's always bubbled away. And, um, you know, with chronic illness, there are periods of relapse. And um, I've certainly been through a period of relapse this last year. And I like to think I'm now coming out of that. I'm learning skills now that I didn't learn before. And I'm talking to people about it. And I'm picking up techniques and stuff off the amazing channels we have on, on online, on um, Instagram and YouTube and stuff like that. So, um yeah, and, and it'll be a lifelong um, journey, but it'll be something I have to keep in check, just like a diabetic keeps their you know, insulin or yeah. blood glucose levels in check. Um, 
so yeah but it's um it's a it's a process it is yeah I'm so sorry that's for you teenagers and everything but I mean that's amazing how you've got the sort of the mindset um, I think that's really important yeah absolutely and it's you know it is a it's something we can we can work with nowadays and uh, I'm grateful we have it now and not sort of 20 30 40 years ago really where it was even more misunderstood we are we are coming out of the dark ages now um so i'm grateful that i have it in this period of time mm. yeah I, I agree i think um we probably be chucked into some a sane asylum <laughs> um but if you want to see it as, as a joke it's not a joke but you know what i mean um yeah <laughs> yeah uh many would you like to um sort of talk a bit about your journey yeah yeah sure so quite similar to Sam I kind of remember my symptoms like really um intensify when I was starting secondary school and to so when I was like 11 to 15 um I wasn't diagnosed so when I was like 11 my I remember my compulsions just took I just I, I feel I kind of look back now and I'm like oh, I just wish I was diagnosed then because I went through like five years of not being diagnosed and I was just like if someone had said do you think it's OCD I'd been like no because I had no idea what OCD was um so yeah um and I think the reason I got help so late was because I think everyone just thought it was it was just who I was, you know, I, 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 I spent hours doing these activities, I worried excessively, I, I think people just thought that was my personality, but, and I kind of knew nothing else, I didn't know it was a illness, because that's the only thing I'd ever experienced, um, so yeah, from about year seven to year 11, year 10, um, very very you know severe and loads of compulsions and then I think it got to about year 11 and I was doing my mock um, GCSE exams and I remember I physically couldn't revise because I was just doing compulsions and um, yeah I, I wasn't able to do any revision because I was just so consumed by OCD and at that point I was like okay I this this isn't this isn't normal so I kind of had a research I kind of I kind of took it into my own hands to kind of find what is this that I'm going through and I went through like I kind of I remember I went on Young Minds website I think and I just kind of went through every single disorder every illness there was and I just worked my way through and then I came across OCD I was like this is me um but yeah, I can't, I think back to when I was like 10, 11, and I can't remember like a single day since then when my life just hasn't been kind of, I guess, consumed by OCD. Um, so at the moment, I started therapy um, this year. Oh, no, last year, actually. And so that's that medication. So I was doing a bit of CBT. I'm on surgery now. So things are definitely heading in the right direction. But um, yeah, I also got diagnosed in, yeah, like two years ago, I think. So yeah, sorry. I was very jumbled up order. I kept, um, yeah, but um, that's a little bit about my story. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you, Millie, um, how are you finding being on medication? Is this the first time you've taken uh, a medication for your OCD? Um, so um, I think I've been on medication for about two years. I might have just said previously I was on it for one year, but. Okay. for two years yeah and um 
and I've also been on an antipsychotic called Risperidone, but I'm not yeah. on that anymore. Um, if I'm completely honest, I haven't. Don't think it's really helped me. Yeah. But um, I know for some people it's just so life changing. But mm. um, hopefully I'm in the process of trying to try out some new medications and trying hopefully to find one that works for me. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's so many out there, and everyone's bodies are so different that some people find that one thing works for them and other people find no that's rubbish for them but this works for them and um um it, like as far as meds are concerned because it's um it's probably worth pointing out that for those who don't know the kind of gold standard treatment um for ocd is a mixture of cbt therapy that's cognitive behavioral therapy um with a heavy focus on erp which is exposure response prevention um and we can maybe talk about that a little bit more in a minute so often um medication is used alongside that as well uh, and that generally is considered the kind of gold standard treatment and the medications used are usually ssris um um, sometimes antipsychotics are put in there to augment. I've certainly tried a lot of SSRIs over years and some antipsychotics in there as well to varying degrees again. Um, my personal experience with meds are though that um, I think sometimes to even get to that place where you can treat OCD using techniques you've learned from your uh, psychologist um, and or therapist um, and to, to kind of even be able to get to that place because the, the process of treatment is hard, isn't it? It's not, yeah, it's very hard. It's, you know, you've got to, you're essentially whipping up, you know, so much more anxiety than, than you would experience anyway, because you're doing the things that scare you. You're, you know, you're exposing yourself to these triggers and you're preventing a response. That's what that exposure response prevention is. So, you know, for me, that might be like, I don't know, changing the bin and not washing my hands or something like that. Now, for me, that's going to cause absolutely skyrocketing anxiety. Um, and that's that's draining. That's hard work. And you've yeah, got, yeah, you've got to be in a good place and have a really strong mindset to, to go through it. Um, yeah. And I know from my experience, but sometimes I'm just not there because, you know, I do have some other conditions that exist alongside OCD, as a lot of people do. Um, you know, a lot of us suffer from depression and generalized anxiety and things like that so personally I find just to kind of get to that state where I'm just feeling a little bit stronger mentally taking meds has definitely helped me yeah I'd agree um I am um, I'm on sertraline as well I yeah. I, I um started that uh, I think four years ago now um and they do say um for OCD I think 200 mg is sort of the working dose for OC you're trying to help um, with that. And I didn't, you know, I, I was on that 150 and I was like, this is great. It's do like we worked my way up and I was like 15, I think at the time, um, to 150 and it completely changed everything for me and it really helped. Um, and then it sort of went to a, like a plateau, if that's that the word. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, nothing, and it was just like not doing anything. And then right. we sort of went back to the doctors, and who were like, "Well, they sort of showed a chart, like, yeah, well, you've got you, you, you know, went upwards, and now you're just sort of just 
sort of you know in this weird place with it um and they said well the work the, the best dose for ocd um with cetrazine is 200 mg mm. um so then they put me up on that um and then again no, like nothing happened and it's it's very weird because i would say i wouldn't know how i would be without it if that makes sense you know I've yeah it for like four years yeah. And I do remember it helping me a lot. But then again, I'm the I would say I'm the worst I've ever been at the moment. But then if I was off sectioning, would I be even worse? And it's it's sort of hard to sort of picture. And I think also an important thing is to sort of bring up is um for people that have been on sectioning or any type of medication and working out if they want to start coming off that. Um and they may be scared that they may um get get worse you know yeah um, but I think I mean I don't have that experience though because I've only been on sexually and I haven't come off it um but yeah um that that's is just, that's another that's, scary thing for me I was just gonna say Mia, that really resonates with me um because uh because um I'm an old man compared to you two and I bet <laughs> I've been on my fair share of meds in my lifetime um oh I feel really old saying that um, <laughs> um i i kind of got to the point where you are maybe where i actually feel like i'd spent so much of my adult life on medications um back-to-back meds with with no kind of break in between um that i felt like i don't know what i'm like without them um i don't know who i am without them what mm. what my ocd is like um i i have to say part of my recent kind of part of the catalyst to my recent kind of relapse um medication related in that i i've been on a, a medication for about a year which had had some pretty nasty side effects i've normally been quite lucky and not had anything too dramatic but last year i had some quite nasty side effects on on a medication i was on um decided to essentially take a bit of a drug break um a, a medication break and and see how i got on and this was done with the with the guidance and support of of my um psych oh, i always get mixed up psychologist or psychiatrist which is the one that can prescribe Honestly, I don't know. I think it's psychiatrist. I found it out the other day. I was really happy. Honestly, after all this time, I still (laughs) switch and I I get them mixed up. So I apologise if I offend. Yeah, I think think it's psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah, psychiatrist. That's the one. So um, (laughs) this was done under the watch of a psychiatrist. I I said, no, you know, I really want to see where I'm at. Um, And I have to say, like, it was it wasn't great coming off them it was a really tough experience unfortunately um I, th- I think we backed me off a little bit too soon my body went into pretty nasty withdrawal symptoms and mm, it was, it was yeah. a pretty nasty period for a couple of months where where I was in withdrawal and I was experiencing all this extra anxiety and um an OCD because of these physical symptoms I was feeling and then you start you know you start questioning your sanity and you start getting worries yeah. about gosh what's actually wrong with me maybe I'm much more seriously ill than I realized and the drugs were holding me together and stuff so um it's certainly something to be kind of done with caution um and I've I've sort of decided actually where I'm at in life right now where my mental health is at do you know what I need to be on something it it's not it's not a silver bullet it's not a miracle it's not gonna just make everything better I'm sure I'm sure we all wish there was one drug we could take and suddenly everything would be better but sadly that doesn't exist yet so 
it's part of the kind of treatment puzzle I always I always sort of describe it yeah. as yeah so it exists alongside the you know the the therapy the CBT and ERP the maybe healthier lifestyle choices um, and the kind of bigger picture it's it's a part of the the puzzle I always think. I also I think there's such a massive stigma around taking medication for your mental Ooh, health. Definitely, and it's just like no, it you know I it's a taking medication does not make you weak. It makes you strong, and in you know to make that decision to be to like be like yes I want to get better I want to obviously like you said it's with cbt it's with, it's like a mixture of different things but to take medication like i remember being really scared and thinking well what does this mean you know it, it you know it's it just seemed really scary but actually um if if uh, is it the psychiatrist psychiatrist is uh <laughs> is is saying that this is this is a good idea it, it will hopefully help you then then do it you know um yeah, don't feel bad about it. I think it's it's a very brave thing to do. Yes, definitely. It's very, it. yeah, I think I love how you said like it, it shows that you really want to recover. You've taken mm-hmm. that step. And I think that is just, yeah, such a strong thing to do and such an amazing thing to do. Mm, and I think um, like realising it for an illness like any physical illness um, is quite an empowering thing to do really and to, to sort of, kind of change your opinion if if perhaps you feel that meds and um, drugs are a weakness or a kind of you know some kind of failure having to take them you know it's just this analogy thrown around a lot but it's just like you know and a diabetic takes insulin yeah you know a asthmatic takes an inhaler someone with an allergy uses a antihistamine or something like that yeah we just have to kind of think of it like that really yeah, it is. It is stupid that there's a stigma around it. I just think, yeah. no, it's it's yeah. It takes someone that you know quite strong to be like, yes, I, I'm going to take this because it's going to help me. Um, so yeah. Start taking your meds when you when you got them. Were you scared about what it might turn you into? Well, I was. Um, I think I was 13. Like I was, mm. you know, uh, just. A teen turning it into a teenager and and uh, first of all my parents were worried and they were like what does this mean you know they don't they didn't want me to to, to be on medication and I didn't the, the idea of it just seemed I think that the the scary part was is that when they said we think that this is going to help you we don't usually give it to children that is what I think made me a bit like well, yeah. why yeah. why why didn't you give it to children you know it's a bit like oh um I think that was just the scary thing and and I was a bit scared will it turn me into a different person if it's to do with your brain yeah. um but really it's a, it's probably you know one of the best things I did in that time and I, I think um it definitely did it does help um and it, it's not one size fits all I think there's if it doesn't work for you you know um first of all give it time you know it doesn't happen overnight but second secondly there's so many different options out there but yeah yeah what about you Minnie? Uh, yes I was a bit because I got it when I was like 15 16 um so older I just remember um being offered them and I was really happy because I was like if this takes kind of I was I remember that time I was really really suffering bad with um false memory Mm. OCD and I was like anything to take the edge off it I don't care if it gives me side effects if this takes the edge off the OCD lovely like I was just excited to have that 
just a little bit of alleviation on the anxiety and the OCD. Yeah, I was very happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I when I got mine, um, because there is a lot of stigma around it again, and um, you know, even the name that some people give it, happy pills, it gives yeah. you. Like, idea that you're going to be walking around with a ridiculous grin on your face like <laughs> you know you're just going to be completely off with the fairies and that's uh, quite a common fear um i certainly hear a lot of ocd sufferers and people with anxiety disorders and things like that saying that that's why they're really scared to go on meds you you think it's going to turn you into some kind of brain dead zombie really um mm. again i think hollywood and a lot of media might have um, something to answer for for that but it's just not like that. It, uh, the best way I think a doctor described it to me really was it sort of um, the medications, these SSRIs, they sort of sit alongside your sort of emotions and they just kind of stop the extremes in the kind of negative dips and they just level things out just a little bit. And I think that's a kind of more useful way to think about it. It doesn't change you. It just gives you maybe a little bit more resilience perhaps emotionally or a, a little bit more of a kind of even mood yeah I mean I I, I kind of want to I find this quite interesting do you um think that OCD is a part of you or do you see it as something separate from you um is that to me sorry yeah yeah yes yeah um I mean that's really interesting actually um I've I've found it really hard to I where does Sam end and where does OCD begin um, and that's been a really difficult thing to do because it is so insidious and it, it just affects your life in so many ways and it really is there every decision you make every interaction you have every event that happens in your life the OCD is there and it's it's probably playing a part in that depending on how much kind of control you have on, on your OCD at that time in your life but it really it really is insidious and um for so many years i think this is why perhaps i didn't take the cbt as seriously enough as maybe i should have was because i think a lot of it just felt like me and it felt like i was taking a part of myself away and i think there was a bit of fear about what exists at the end of that um so i think i think that's a, another trick of ocds it it wants to cling on to power it wants to cling on to um you know onto you and and make itself too important for you to get rid of so. yes yeah you know yeah. what that is exactly when I first started therapy what you just said about mm. it, it's like taking a part of you and it away it actually I was I was reluctant reluctant I can't even say that word yeah um but um I was like no like I, I like you said I didn't take it I didn't take it seriously my first CBT so I didn't speak for like the majority of like the first couple of sessions because I was just really mm scared and I didn't really understand what was happening um but yeah it was almost like um it, it was a part of me and I didn't know any different and yeah but I think I suppose that why we're, we're so angry about it now is that we as you get older you um you know have different stressful situations and and I suppose your your OCD gets worse and then you realize actually it's not a friend it's it's yeah. the opposite of that um, yeah but, but recognizing that especially when you're younger um and when you're so used to to having it around it's, it's sort of hard for someone to be like you know we're gonna help you try and get it take it away from you um but yeah 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 I just remember when I had my like kind of first session and I can't remember what we we're talking about but my um 
um therapist was like kind of how would you feel like um theoretically like you know if you didn't have OCD and my OCD was just like shouting at me saying like you need me you Mm. need me and it's kind of like it was just saying like um if you get rid of me you know you'll do all these bad things you won't have high morals anymore you know it's like saying I'm the one that makes you a good person yeah but it's it's lying um you are the good person it's just a um it's just a billy yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely um so I wanted to talk a little bit about um the different types of therapy that's another question um um because I've had CBT a little bit of ERP I'm hoping to do more ERP because that is probably one of the most effective therapies in my opinion for OCD um but I, I, I was wondering your experiences with it, as you both said you've been in therapy. Um, Sam, what is sort of your experience yeah. with therapy? Um, I mean, I've so CBT um, is generally recognised as the kind of gold standard, certainly in the UK, um, and it's the kind of NHS approach. And as I say, I, I've had kind of varying degrees of success with it. Um, and I've also had other therapies, other talking therapies. I think um, it's, it's again, at times in my life been unclear maybe how responsible for my kind of mental ill health the OCD has been. So there's been attempts to look at maybe other as- aspects of my mental health. But actually, I'm kind of going full circle now and realising, actually, hang on a minute, if I were to treat this all as OCD, I'd probably be in a better place, really, than trying to kind of segment it into, oh, mm-hmm. well, this is you know, depression or this is an- generalised anxiety. So um, certainly CBT is really important with a, with a strong ERP element to it. Um, that's a really important thing to add in there because um, not all CBT therapists practice the ERP part. Mm-hmm. And actually, in my experience and, and talking to other therapists and uh, OCD experts and OCD uh, patients, the kind of ERP is the, is the kind of really important part uh, where you are essentially challenging yourself to do these things that frighten you yeah. and and then not following it up with a compulsion um the compulsion is the sort of uh, drug of choice of the ocd really it's the yeah. kind of fuel for it so um every time you teach yourself that you get a bit of relief from washing your hands it's like your brain sort of logs that and goes right okay to get that bit of relief again we must wash our hands um so yeah so it's so important uh, what i'm i'm kind of learning a bit more now and um what i find really interesting is some sort of slightly broader teachings and um elements that could i think personally be added into cbt and ocd treatment um now you might have heard of like act therapy um, yeah. acceptance commitment therapy um and these ideas of like acceptance, um, which I'm kind of learning about, are really interesting because a lot of it, I think, is really crucial at getting under the OCD in ways that perhaps CBT alone, in not everyone, but in a lot of people with maybe more chronic OCD, um, it doesn't do that. Um, so, you know, Minnie talked about you have real problems with real event and guilt and things like that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's where acceptance and, and learning these ideas of, of 
sort of unconditional self-acceptance uh, you might see uh ocd recovery uk talking a lot about this but yeah uh, yeah it was something i was intrigued about i was seeing um robert bray's tweets being kind of shared around and i was like okay what's this all about and i started looking into it and um i think actually there's some really interesting ideas there that could be harnessed in future acd treatment definitely yeah i yeah i agree i mean there's again there's so many different approaches towards it and it's not one size fits all there's so you know people see ocd and they think well um you know it's just like there's only this and that because that's what works with ocd but actually ocd again it's so complex you know um one person's need is not the same as another person and um it's good to sort of recognize that um and if if for example erp doesn't work for you don't give up you know there's um i mean yeah yeah, like you said there's so many different um therapies out there but yeah what's your experience with um therapy mini um yeah i guess i definitely have found it very hard because um I, I find it very hard to even talk about my obsessions. You know, I haven't told my therapist. So in that sense, I've definitely found it hard. And we talked about doing ERP. But um, I think also I wanted to quickly touch on um, when I'm talking about ERP. Um, I think exposures are so different for everybody. Mm. So like as Sam said, like um, one of his compulsions might be like changing a bin liner and then like not washing um like hands after but like for me it would just be like uh like one of my um exposures could be like saying my obsession out loud mm-hmm. and I think I found just the idea of doing an exposure like that just even saying even like writing my obsession even like thinking about it is just terrifying for me so I guess I don't know if I've kind of at the moment in my life in like engaging with therapy as much as I could be I think I'd like to try it more in the future um but I think I just did find it hard because it was you know reminding me of my obsessions and it was just it's it's hard therapy is hard but um I really yeah I want to try it keep trying um but yeah um and what's helped me the most um isn't therapy or medication but it's good friends (laughs) and I just think that's so important like having nice friends around you makes OCD just like so much more bearable um and I just think nice friends very important very important for um you know fighting through your OCD and yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah ERP ERP is really scary um I, but I think it's sort of the um, saying, it's like, was it you get worse before you get better? I yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because it really is, like, I remember doing bits of ERP and, you know, with my therapist and it, literally having a panic attack because of the feeling of anxiety from not doing a compulsion. And, uh, you know, OCD can be so physical, like, not even, you know, just with, um physical compulsions i'm on about how it affects you physically yes yeah um which is just horrific you know um a panic attack people described as dying you know the feeling of dying that's you know that's how extreme and and horrid it can get and um and a bit like what sam said about 
you're not going in there into therapy thinking you're in there for different parts of different like for example depression OCD it's you sort of see it as one thing um and I I kind of I really agree because if you start to um and actually my old therapist see all of these different mental illnesses as one uh, those are different problems it all stems from the same thing and I think maybe you'd have depression if you didn't have OCD but I definitely think that OCD um is a factor in all of my other issues if you want to call it issues with like um mental health um you know I've BDD which is body dysmorphic disorder which is um sort of a form of OCD um generalized anxiety disorder which is also from OCD um and yeah it's it's horrible what one illness can do um yeah yeah Right, see if I've got any more questions. <laughs> um, okay, this is a good one. Um, how do I tell my family and friends that I have OCD? Oh, um, I think it's definitely like um, the type of like I don't know because of some of my friends, um it's really come out in a casual conversation like it's just we're talking about something something around that topic came up and I was just like yeah just throw it in there um and I think it's kind of the the type of relationship you have with that person but then with other people um I've kind of more thought about it I've kind of kind of sometimes plan out what I'm gonna say um so I feel more comfortable you know find a place where you're comfortable to tell them and just um yeah I think sometimes planning in your head what you're going to say where you're going to say it um can be really beneficial yeah mm-hmm. I think um I think like it's important to to kind of note as well that um not everyone will get it and not yes yeah will understand it um there is still a long way to go um in terms of understanding and kind of bringing it away from the stereotypes and um and it's not necessarily everyone's responsibility to to know you know I don't know much about I don't know lung conditions and cancers and and conditions that have happened to other people um so I think like you have to kind of you know hope for the best really that people will understand and accept but not be too disheartened when they don't and I think that's where you can you can kind of kindly educate offer to educate people and um you know you know just help them to understand a little bit about why you're struggling with something or what it is that you're, you know, you're feeling. Um, um, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you're telling someone, someone close to you, um, it's not necessarily that they have to understand every single thing that you go through with OCD, but it's more of the fact that they, are willing to to educate themselves and willing to just be there and listen and and help you in any way that they can um and you know that's that's a sign of a true friend a true you know family member yes um, yeah but yeah. also I think it's definitely talk to someone if you are if you feel that you may have OCD or because I I think that the really annoying thing that irritates me is the media make it seem that it's just about loving to clean and loving to to be neat and tidy and um people sort of 
you know anal about doing certain things and I'm thinking mm-hmm. for people that don't actually understand what OCD is they 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 won't understand that they have it yeah and, yeah and that is so detrimental to, to those people and there's so many people that could be diagnosed that are not getting those diagnoses because of how OCD is perceived 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah it's just so irritating. Oh no! It it, fr- it gets me. It gets me annoyed. I'm just like, yeah. so many lives could be saved. So many people could be helped if there was just this really true representation of OCD in all media. I think that's why it's so important what you two are doing, particularly. Um, do I did I see that you're both uh, ambassadors for OCD UK, young ambassadors? Yeah. 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 See, so that's why it's like so great because you know you are younger generation and you're speaking out about it and you're using your brilliant Instagram profiles to do that and um, you know that's why that's all we can do we can just advocate for it you know educate kindly Um, it is annoying it 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 can be very frustrating Um, but I think we are getting there yes yeah we're we're getting there slowly aren't we yeah I mean 100% I think um, you know even five years ago we wouldn't be having these conversations so mm-hmm. yeah um it, it is moving quite quickly and that's the best thing and you know yeah. if anything this pandemic has taught us is that how bad mental health can get and mm-hmm. um hopefully people will start being a bit more empathetic towards you know all, all types of mental health not you know not just OCD and mm. um are more um likely to, to then do it and then do near you know lend a shoulder mm. and and just be there for each other I think that's yes I think um, reaching out to people and um, certainly I found uh, the decision to talk about my mental health, um, which I took about a year ago um, during the kind of first wave of the pandemic, um, actually incredibly liberating and empowering. I I felt so much shame. Um, I'm sure you can both relate. Um, so much yeah. shame around the illness. There is so much stigma. There's so yes, much- yeah. Yeah, there's so many awful obsessions and intrusive thoughts that we really kind of beat beat ourselves up about and we really judge ourselves and we really write ourselves off. Um, So it's an illness with a hell of a lot of shame around it. So it's very difficult for people with OCD to feel that they can speak out. Um, But actually, I found reaching out, particularly to the Instagram community, um, but there's brilliant communities on Facebook and um, and on YouTube and things like that, um, a really empowering experience. And just sort of knowing there are other people in the same boat as you and experiencing the same things as you. Although everyone's, as I said at the beginning, everyone's OCD experience is very unique. You know, there are a lot of similarities. And often, even if you're not experiencing obsessions about something at the moment, well, you may well have in the past or you may well in the future. So, yes, yeah. Yeah, so it's a really great community, particularly on Instagram, um, that we are a part of. And it's, um, it's really fantastic. Yeah, the community on Instagram is so, so lovely. There are so many pages. Um, and like I'm I'm educating myself on loads of kind yeah. of OCD subtypes or themes that I don't know a lot about. And I think it's just everyone like kind of I follow like my OCD Instagram is just it's just the most loveliest people. So yeah, That's it's an amazing community. Of course, so one caveat I should point out, if you are looking to reach out to the community, as um, you two probably know, is that you do have to be careful you don't start 
seeking reassurance from people. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cheeky slice. Cheeky slice of reassurance. seeking very quickly becomes compulsive, as I know all too well, and my girlfriend knows all too well. Um, it's another crafty technique of, of, of OCD to kind of, um, mm-hmm. yeah, to kind of try and take away some of the anxiety is, is we start to ask you know, oh, am I dirty? Or, or, oh, was it wrong when I did that? And, and we start to try and soothe ourselves by involving other people. So it's very important that any OCD community you do reach out to, you have some kind of strict rules in place about not re, uh, not seeking reassurance. Yeah, uh, like, um, you know, a cheeky, cheeky, <laughs> <laughs> a cheeky slice of reassurance, we'll be on t-shirts soon, is... Um... <laughs> we are we me and i we did a live video on instagram i don't know it must have been a couple months ago and it just came up in conversation and we just couldn't stop laughing this is a cheeky slice of reassurance it needs to be on a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt oh mia you know that like picture you made for you like the cake oh cheeky slice of reassurance loved it (laughs) yeah Um, i mean you need to have humor humor's the best yeah yeah um, I think as much as we all like a bit of che- a cheeky slice of reassurance, you know, it kind of give us that 0.01 second of relief. Yeah. It just comes back and it ref- it strengthens the OCD cycle and um, it never actually helps. So the idea of it is nice, but it never works. Yeah. No, it only makes it worse. It just, you know, yeah. It's, it's like very cheeky. Yeah. It's very cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think also... Um, we can sort of be I'm a master of deception in a way around a conversation because I won't outright you know outrightly ask for reassurance but I will talk and sort of get the answer that I'm looking for and yeah. you know, mm, learning, us, us, I'll find a way to sneak it in there yeah. <laughs> then Tone you're learning Tone voice can be a, a kind of really uh, sneaky thing that you can do there I I did a post the other day actually just talking about how uh, my OCD sort of figured out that because people around me uh, loved ones know that they shouldn't be giving me reassurance and shouldn't be asking my reassurance seeking questions I sort of have started to phrase things as statements which yeah. I hope for a bit of approval of so <laughs> you know, rather than am I dirty it could be something like um I decided not to clean my hands today so I think I'm probably clean what do you <laughs> yeah they sort of <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah it can be very sneaky it can make uh it can find some very cheeky ways to uh to <laughs> cling and cling to power yeah absolutely absolutely um i feel like this is this is like over an hour um so maybe we should wrap up maybe in the future i think i will um do more episodes on ocd because there's so much yeah yes. out there yeah you we can know, talk all day. <laughs> exactly. Talk for England. And oh, week. I could. I could talk for England. <laughs> but um, I want to thank you both so much for um, coming on to this podcast and then talking a bit about, first of all, your, your own struggles, but also um, just talking about all the different types of OCD. And I think it will really help others. Um, so thank you so much. Thank, well, thank you, you so much, Mia. You're an absolute legend, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, as I say, it's so important that you keep doing what you're doing and speaking out and you know sharing um, these experiences uh, with young people. Well, with everyone, really, but you know your kind of young young generation. Um, so thank you so much for having us and giving us that platform to be able to talk about our experiences of OCD. Yeah, thank you so much, Mia. Thank you. Thank you, guys, so much for coming. And I, I will put. Um, your um 
Instagram handles in the description of this. So please go and check them out because honestly, the posts have helped me numerous times. And um, yeah, it's a great community. There are so many amazing accounts on Instagram that um, I will leave in the description as well. Um, focused on OCD and mental health and yeah it's a great community um, so yes I'll leave them in, de- in the description but thank you so much for listening to my first official episode of Whimsy's Moment and I'll see you guys next week <laughs>